Also, if you are here for the very first time or if you're watching on our YouTube channel for the very first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Oh, by the way, just to kind of clear up any argument, there's, a, uh, there's always been this, this debate on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So Nakatomi Plaza since 1988, all right? Die Hard is a Christmas movie, all right? I just wanted to go ahead and just set that straight, all right? Wearing my Die Hard shirt this morning. Um, Luke chapter one, but before we get there, are you ready for Jeremy's Christmas finds for this date, December the 10th, 2023? These are Jeremy's Christmas finds today. Now, there's times, you know, when you, if you have kids and you, uh, you, you're yelling at your kids and you say, oh, dad's using his, his, you know, his angry voice or mom's using her angry voice, you know, we, uh, I guess we have different voices for whenever we're trying to communicate to our children. Well, I found these socks that now you can see, don't make me use my pastor voice. That's a, that's a totally different voice. If you see me wearing those socks, first of all, if you see me wearing these socks and my feet are up, Pray for me because, uh, and then don't make me use my pastor's voice. These are all real items, by the way. You can buy these, okay? So uh, if you're looking for a last minute gift for your pastor, there you go. Okay, this other one now, I know we live in, uh, we have a, a, a beautiful Hispanic community around here. Come on, let's hear it. Or if you have a Hispanic background, all right? A lot of you people make some amazing guacamole, all right? So now we have an avocado ripeness ranker. You can rank your avocados before you make your wonderful guacamole. And uh, as, it, the, the, as it ripens, you can just kind of knock it off, but you can put those in order at first, second, and third. Why you would have that in your home, I have no idea, but that is a real item that you can buy as well. Okay, now this next one is uh, a favorite of mine, and I seriously am thinking about getting this one uh, for this year. It's the Jesus t-shirt who is the ultimate deadlifter. Get it? The ultimate deadlifter. Come on now. That's really cool. I love that he's doing it in his robe too. Dude. I don't know why people think that Jesus was this big jacked dude. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. But anyway, uh, so that's the, the, the dead lefter. And then this is the last one, okay? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm uh, the relationship between uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is really getting on my nerves. You can't even watch a Kansas City game without the camera going up to Taylor's booth to see what she's doing. But if you really like it, then you can get this. It's the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Merry Christmas uh, with Swift and Kelsey, ugly sweater. And that is your Jeremy's Christmas finds for this week, December the 10th, 2023. Okay. We will have more next week and then the week after that. Hey, uh, don't miss uh, next Sunday. We have uh, the kiddos who are going to be coming in here and singing Christmas carols uh, to us. So uh, if you have a kid in our kids program, they are in there practicing as we speak. 
Uh, and so they're going to be ready to sing Christmas carols to us next week. So I'm excited about that. And then our Christmas Eve service, which is also our candlelight service, uh, will be on the 24th. Okay, so as everybody comes in on that, on that uh, Sunday, two weeks from today, you'll be getting the candle. And then we'll be doing the candlelight service at the end. So that's always a special time too. Okay, Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. We'll be reading those uh, in a few minutes. Let me ask you, what is your... Nearly everyone has kind of a favorite thing or a favorite moment or their favorite item when it comes to the Christmas season. That one thing that brings you joy, that brings you happiness during the entire season. And maybe for some of you, it's, I just want to get this over with. Maybe that's your favorite thing about Christmas. But I bet if you dig down really deep in your heart, you will find something that you love or at least like about Christmas. My favorite thing about the Christmas season is really the nostalgia. I love the old black and white movies. I love looking back at, at, at photos from the 80s and 70s and even before my time back in the 60s and 50s and seeing how people celebrated Christmas together. I love the nostalgia of Christmas. Growing up, we decorated big for Christmas. We started the Friday after Thanksgiving, and then there was always a race between my brothers and I who would get home first from school and go from room to room because we didn't have automatic timers back then. And so you had to physically go to every room and plug everything up. And so there was always a race between my brothers and I to see who could do that the fastest. So there was always a buzz in the Moore home in the month of December when it came to Christmas. Every night there was either Christmas music or a Christmas show that kind of filled the air. Now, I grew up in Tennessee, but I was born in Ohio where all my relatives still lived. And so we always celebrated Christmas early in Tennessee so that we could be with my family in Ohio on Christmas Day. And every year was the same. We went to the Christmas Eve candlelight service uh, with my grandparents on my dad's side, and then to uh, after the, the service, we would go to my mom's side for the big Christmas Eve party with aunts and uncles and, and cousins. And then after that was over, we would go back to my grandparents' side, uh, or the grandparents on my dad's side, so that we could wake up at their house on Christmas morning. And I cherish those memories, amazing memories for me. But I also love reflecting on the memories that we made with our own kids, Okay, a lot of the same things with the lights and the trees and the, and the games and the shows and the music and the trips back and forth between the grandparents' houses. And then we moved to Colorado, so going from Colorado to Tennessee and then from Wisconsin to Tennessee. And I remember some of the, the great memories of uh, going to the tree farms in Wisconsin when it was six degrees outside, watching my kids get frostbit as we looked for that perfect tree that I know is not gonna fit in my living room. But we had a great time looking for that perfect tree, some good memories. And now it's much different. My kids are older, half of my kids are out of the house, I'm still trying to get rid of the other two so that we can be empty nesters. And it's created this opportunity once again to imagine even new traditions and hopefully the traditions that's been passed down to me, I've passed on to my children, and they can be, begin to pass on to their families. So Christmas time is often a time of remembering and reflecting on our childhood while hopefully slowing down to enjoy some of the blessings that's all around us right now. 
I say this every year, that this, that this season kind of creates a, like a visceral, almost emotional reaction on the inside of me. And now, I do realize that for many of us, even in this room, that Christmas is not the happiest time. I know for a lot of people in this room right now, this year, this past year has been a year of sadness and grief and loss, the loss of maybe family members, the loss of a dream that didn't come true, the loss of a hope that was shattered, difficult financial situations and so many other challenges. For some, this year has made for some shorter days, some even longer nights. There are circumstances that happen in our lives that take our attention away from the very joy and the happiness that we should be able to experience in this season. Yet the joy of this season is so much more than Christmas lights. We know that. It's so much more than Santa. It's so much more than presents. And that's what I really want to focus on today. Last week, we started this series titled Wonder. And not, I wonder how I'm going to make it through this season, or I wonder how long this guy's message is going to be today. <laughs> but instead, it's a, it's a wonder of awe, a wonder of astonishment and amazement, and even a wonder of marvel at the concept that Jesus, the, the son of the living God, came to be born as a human baby, to be in wonder of the God who created the world and everything in it, to be in awe of the God who loved us so much that he was sent his one and only son to our world. So that each one of us, in a very deep and personal and unique way, could, could experience God's love and God's grace in our lives. Last week, we began the first of four scenes found in Scripture, each one different but kind of centered around this, 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 this sense of awe and wonder at the birth of Jesus. And like we said, in your Bible, last week, we, we talked about how some of these were actually formatted in the form of song lyrics uh, because we actually believe that some of these were actually saying in, spont in spontaneity uh, at the awe and wonder at the birth of Jesus. So the first two of these four songs are found in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And last week we talked about Mary and how she was visited by the angel Gabriel and she was told that, told that she was going to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of our world. And so in awe and wonder, Mary questions, how can this be possible? Because I'm a virgin, I, I've never been with a man. So not only have I never been with a man to conceive a son, but to conceive the savior of the world, but I've never been with a man to conceive a son at all. And then the angel says, no, the Holy Spirit, the Father, God's power is going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive. And then Gabriel also told her that her relative Elizabeth is also pregnant, even in her old age. The same woman that people used to say was barren, this was her label. She was labeled and identified as Zechariah's wife, a priest's wife who was barren. And he says, now she is going to be pregnant as well, and nothing is impossible with God. And that's where we pick up this account found in the Gospel of Luke. We read that Mary is actually traveling to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who's currently pregnant. So Mary's going to, to announce, hey, guess what? I was visited by this angel Gabriel. I'm going to, I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to conceive the son of the living God. And she's on her way to visit her cousin uh, Elizabeth, who has also been visited by the same angel. So 
The angel appears to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, as he's serving in God's temple. Okay, so Luke tells us that both Zechariah and his wife are both, they're older in age, that Elizabeth wasn't able to have children. So here we have this elderly couple who have been faithfully serving God their entire lives, likely having been praying for a child many, many times, but those prayers have gone unanswered. Luke even says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were careful to obey all of God's commandments, all of his regulations, but despite this, their prayers for a child had gone unanswered until now. So one day, Zechariah was serving in the temple, all alone, just him. He's in the sanctuary of the temple. The angel Gabriel appears to him and tells him that his prayer for a child has finally been answered. And he tells him that he's going to have a son that he's going to name him John, that we later know as John the Baptist, and that he'll be a man with great spirit and the power of Elijah, that he will prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Now, unlike Mary, Zechariah responds with disbelief. Remember Mary, last week we talked about Mary saying, well, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin, the, the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, you're going to conceive. And then she says, let everything that you say be so. And she receives it. She believes it. But Zechariah is a little different. One of God's priests <laughs> doubts this message from Gabriel. He asks the angel for assurance. He says, hey, if this is going to happen, give me some assurance that what you're saying to me is true. And then the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring this good news to you. But since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. So Zechariah completes his service in the temple, returns home, just like the angel says. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And from here, the narrative kind of shifts back to Mary that we talked about last week. And at the end of Mary's song, Luke continues the account of Zechariah and Elizabeth's son being born. Now, That's the quick setup. Imagine what this must have been like. It's Zachariah's turn to serve in the temple. So just to give you a little bit of background, so the priest took uh, turns, uh, weekly turns to serve in the temple. And now it's Zachariah's week to serve. And this is something that every priest looked forward to. It's my turn to serve in the temple. It's my turn to go in and burn this, this ceremonial incense and hope and pray that I'm the one that God speaks to. This is what all the priests were really hoping for. In essence, Zechariah was a mediator. The priests were mediators between people and God, symbolically bringing our prayers into the presence of Yahweh, the heavenly father. But because of his disbelief in what Gabriel had just said to him, now, Zechariah is mute the entire pregnancy. Now, can you imagine what that must have been like at home? He can't talk. They're old, old enough. They're the beyond childbearing years, and now they're expecting a baby. By the way, husbands, I do not encourage you, if your wife says I'm pregnant, to not speak to her for nine months. That will not go well for you. At their age, I mean, they'd probably grown content with not having kids, right? That they probably just had accepted the fact that they're not going to be parents. I mean, I'm 52 years. I'll be 52 in February. If Janet were to come up to me and say, hey, hey, babe, uh, I'm pregnant. I think I would be mute too. 
I don't think, I, I think I would be in the prayer room asking, you know, sitting in the corner asking for prayer over my life. But it's certainly not what Zechariah and Elizabeth had planned. So fast forward to John's birth. We read this in Luke 1:67. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to sing this song. He begins to prophesy, and that's what he wants his listeners and us to hear about the promises of God long before, because Zechariah was a priest, so he knew the Torah. He knew the Pentateuch, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. He knew all the laws. And now he's recalling all of the times that the coming Messiah was prophesied for centuries. And he's starting to recall all this. Promises that we read about now in the Old Testament. So we're going to pick up there, Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. He says this, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He, will be, he has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way of the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Zechariah praises God for the answered prayer but focuses his attention on the real reason to rejoice. So he's thanking God for his son. He's thanking God that you fulfilled this promise. You told me that, we were, that I was going to have a son. I'm, I was going to name him John, and that's what has happened. I've had my son. I'm naming him John, but I want to praise you for what is coming. I'm praising you for the now, for what I see, but I also want to praise you for what's coming, the coming Messiah, because my son is going to prepare the way of the Lord, God's promise of redemption being fulfilled in the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. He's fulfilled. He's filled with awe and wonder and excitement and, and, and anticipation for the fulfillment of promises from the past, but also promises that's coming true in the moment and the promises of even a greater fulfillment in the future. So Zechariah begins his song in verse 68, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets Long ago. So this song provides kind of a roadmap for stirring up the wonder of Christ within our hearts during this Christmas season. To stir up the awe, the miracle of all that God has promised and has sent to us through his son, Jesus. So I want you to write this down for number one. This is, uh, we're going to give some directions. We're going to give three directions this morning. It's kind of a roadmap to discovering the wonder of Christ. Direction number one, the wonder of Christ invites me to reflect invites me to reflect. As this year comes to an end, the Christmas season is often the time that we get to kind of look back over our past year and reflect and kind of take some inventory of what's happened in our lives um, or what hasn't happened in our lives. I look back at this past year, 2023, and I say, am I closer to Jesus today than I was on January one? Am I closer to Janet and my kids today than I was on January 1? As a pastor and as a shepherd, is the church for which God has called me to lead 
closer to Jesus at the end of this year than they were on January 1. In Zechariah's song, he communicates how God saved them from their enemies by remembering the sacred covenant that he made with Abraham centuries ago. And he begins reflecting on the promises that God had made and then bring into his remembrance the goodness of God in his own personal life and to the nation of Israel. I wanna encourage you this week to do the same, to take some inventory of your life at the end of this year. Maybe it's... Um, taking out some old photos or kind of scrolling through social media, kind of having a, a conversation with your spouse or, or with a close friend by simple, simply saying, hey, remember back in January, remember back this summer, remember back in the spring, remember when, to kind of recall some of the memories that you kind of tucked away over this past year. And I realize for some of us that you may look back at 2023 and say, no, I never want this year to happen again. This has not been a good year for me, Jeremy. This is, there's some things that happened in my life that I, I never want to recall. But even in your challenging memories of this year, I truly believe that each one of us can still find something good in our life, that God was still good in our life, that he was still faithful in our life, that he's still in control of our life, despite some of the bad things that's happened. Can we still find those memories? Can we still find the goodness of God in some other areas of our life? Some of you may not be old enough to remember the old hymn, or maybe you didn't grow up in a church that sang this old, this old hymn that says, count your blessings. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings of all the Lord has done. It's a great song that we used to sing in church that reminded us to remember to count all the blessings from the Lord. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 77. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. Listen to that. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. How often do we forget about how God has worked in our lives? How often do we take for granted the blessings that are all around us. I'm guilty myself. And in Zechariah's song, he reflects on all that God has done. At first, when the angel speaks to him, he doubts. He doubts it. His life was routine. Maybe he got a little mundane and kind of boring. And then the angel brings this message and his response is, are you sure you got the right guy? You know, whoa, I mean, are you sure? Mary's response was from curiosity. Zechariah's was from disbelief. Because here's what I've discovered in my own personal life. Sometimes our past causes us to doubt the promises of God. If we're not careful, we can allow things that happened in our past cause us to doubt God's promises in our life. But so often in my personal life, when I stop and when I pause and when I reflect, I can see God's presence and I can see God's provision that was all around me, even in those times of trauma, even in those times where I was going through struggles and challenges. When I look back and I'm like, but there was still God right there. Even though I was going through that, there was still a God moment inside of that challenge. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Zechariah continues in verse 76, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High. He's talking about John the Baptist. Because you will prepare the way 
for the Lord. Write this down for direction number two. The wonder of Christ invites me to be present. The wonder of Christ invites me to be present. Though this season is beautiful, it's wonderful, in many ways, one of the crazy things about this time of year is how busy it can be. I don't know about you. I talked about this yesterday in our volunteer uh, team huddle. I don't know if you feel it this year like I do, but this, this year feels different. I don't know why. I cannot put my finger on it. It seems like I was walking by the Halloween decorations in Walmart two weeks ago, and Christmas is two weeks away. I'm like, where is all this going? It's just, it's flying by so quickly. And to be honest with you, I don't like it. I don't like being this busy. Something feels off. I'm not sure if it's a spiritual thing or an emotional thing or relational thing or, or, or kind of a mental thing with me, but something feels off this year and I don't like it. It feels too hurried this year. We have so much on our schedules. Our calendars are so full. I've already told Janet, December of 2024 is going to look much different for me next year. Work needs, family needs, the list never seems to end. And too often we lose sight of the wonderful things that's happening around us right now because we're so busy and not, we're not being present in the moment. And guess who controls your calendars? You do, right? But we allow others to control our calendars and to hijack our days. And before we know it, we look back and we say, where did the last two months go? We have control of our calendars. Let me encourage you as your pastor, to slow down. Whatever's going on in your life right now, however full your calendars are, slow down. Enjoy your families. Enjoy the presence of God in your life. Enjoy your friends. Zechariah moves from praising God for his faithfulness and goodness from the past, and it's almost as if he takes this deep breath to kind of slow down and appreciate the now looking at this newly born son. He declares the blessing of God on John's life and then talks about the calling of God on his life to prepare the way for the Lord. This Christmas season, my hope is to not miss those moments that God has for me right now. And I pray that all of us can take these moments to appreciate the goodness of God, the blessings of God right in front of us, despite what's happening in our world. Despite how much or how little is in your bank account, despite uh, whether everything's going your way or nothing is going your way, God's goodness is all around us right now. But are we paying attention to it? A phrase that came up while we were working on this message for this week was this, relentlessly present. Think about that. Relentlessly present. What does it look like to be relentlessly present? present because some, so often we come home from a long, stressful work day, and although we're home, we are not present. Our spouse, our kids are trying to have a conversation with us, and we're looking at them, and they're looking at us, but we are not hearing a word they're saying. It's hard to shut off the stress and the worry of the day. It's hard to shut off the stress and worry about what might happen tomorrow, and then we miss what's happening around us in the moment. But what would it look like if you and I could lean into Jesus more this Christmas season and truly set those worries aside, the stress aside, the cares down, so that we can be relentlessly present and available to Jesus and to our families, really in the moment to the ones around us? 
Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares on him for he cares for you. We can be present in the moment, worry-free, because we can turn our hearts and our cares and our burdens towards Jesus, and we can experience the peace that only he can offer. The last thing is this. Look at this verse with me, verse 78. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So write this down. This is your last direction for this journey. The wonder of Christ invites me to hope. Invites me to hope. For many kids in America, Christmas certainly brings with it this sense of anticipation, this sense of hope, a feeling of hope. Now, for many kids, it's going to be, you know, what's Santa going to bring me? Or I hope I get what I wanted. And at some point, this time of year can bring a sense of hope, maybe even to the coming year. I don't know about you. How many are expecting and hoping that 2024 is better than the last three years, all right? Yeah. But for many of us, uh, hope can get lost in the sea of difficulty. These past few years have brought its share of difficulty for many of us in this room. Yet in Scripture, we find that we are only to count it all as joy. How? I'm not exactly sure, (laughs) But listen to what James writes. This is the half-brother of Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a, cha- has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Not let it go. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Look what Jesus said to his disciples about their sadness. He says this in John 16, I've told you all this so that you you may have peace in me. Here on earth you have many troubles, trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Zechariah declares this towards the end of his song. Verse 78, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Zachariah's experience, he experienced a, a heart change from when, the, from when Gabriel first appeared to him, didn't he? Experiencing the birth of a child will sometimes do that to you. Another one of my favorite parts of Christmas is watching Charlie Brown Christmas. All right, that's a, that's a classic. Came out December 9th, 1965, 58 years ago, yesterday. And throughout the movie, Charlie Brown is frustrated, confused, looking for the true meaning of Christmas. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with this part of the movie. Watch this. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. 
And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I love uh, Linus's mic drop there at the end. He just goes on stage, he then leaves. But he's quoting from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Here's my, here's my challenge for all of us this week. Sometime this week, I want you to find a way to reflect on all that God has done for you this year. Think all the way back in January. Kind of go through, it. maybe you need to go through Facebook or maybe you need to just go on your phone and kind of pull up some, some photos uh, however you need to kind of reflect back on 2023, I want you to reflect back on your memories and really identify those times that God was with you. Maybe if you're a journaler, maybe look back on some of your journal entries and just ask the Holy Spirit, say, God, reveal to me those times where you were with me this week. And then afterwards, put it away. Identify those times, identify those moments, and then put it away, But whether it's turning off the TV, putting down your phone, and be relentlessly present with your family and your friends. Because here's the deal. Christmas is two weeks away. Two weeks away. I feel like, I feel like back in July uh, is when I started seeing some of the countdown, you know, 200 days or 250 days, or now we are literally 15 days away. Christmas. My hardcore challenge is that all of us in the next two weeks will be relentlessly present with Jesus. And I mean relentlessly present. Don't allow anything to hijack your time with Jesus over the next two weeks. Don't allow anything to hijack your time by spending time with your family over the next two weeks or your friends or coworkers or neighbors people that you are really connected to. Don't allow anything to hijack your time from them. And let's be relentlessly present. He's inviting us to find peace and joy that we can only find in him. The true joy that you're looking for, the true peace that you're looking for, you will not find in any other item of Christmas other than Jesus Christ. The rest are just little perks. So let's be relentlessly present in our relationship with Jesus for the next 15 days. That's my challenge. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we have learned to reflect back on the goodness of you in our life. Lord, I love Zachariah's song when he began by remembering all the goodness that you have done to the nation of Israel going back centuries, all the way back to, to Father Abraham, the, the father of faith, Lord, and then bringing it to the present and really being relentlessly present with his own son and also thanking 
thanking you that he is going to be the kind of the forefront, kind of the, to bring into the moment the Savior of the world. Lord, thank you for that model that Zachariah gave for us to do the same, to reflect on all the goodness that you have that you have been, that you have done to our lives. You have been in our lives over this past year. So, Father, help us, God, to be reflective. Help us to remember this year, to go back, and, Lord, that some of the memories that we've kind of buried, that we've kind of hidden, Lord, it's so easy to think about all the bad things that we've gone through, the tragedies, the trauma, the struggles, the challenges, Lord. But Lord, even inside of those, Lord, show us where you were with us, that you were walking hand in hand with us, that you didn't forget about us, that you never forsook us, that you were right there beside us. Let us reflect on those times, Lord. And then after we reflect on those times, let us be present in the moment with our families, be present in the moment in your presence. And then remember that you're going to be faithful in the promises that you've made in the future. Because you are the God of the past, the present, and the future, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you. Lord, I pray over every single person that's here this morning. Lord, I pray a blessing over their families. I pray a blessing over their health, over their children, over their finances, over their, their marriages, Lord Jesus. I just pray a blessing, Lord, over everyone that's here. Father, may we... Have a great week as we reflect on your goodness. Bring us back next week, Lord, prepared to worship you once again in spirit and in truth, together as a faith family, knowing that you are with us. Father, you're so good. You're so good. We love you today. We pray all this in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.